You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Free and available on all platforms today as we roll into yet another day. And I am recording this on Wednesday night because, uh, spoiler alert, that's when the the episodes that you listen to, that you listen to uh, on that day are obviously recorded the day before. So uh, it seems fairly obvious, but some people uh, ask about it still. So I'm, I'm recording this on Wednesday night. The MLB lockout is... Still in absolute full swing. Uh, Nothing has changed. Nothing is happening. Now, as you're listening to this today, Thursday, um, what, January 13th, then uh, there will be a proposal. MLB will send a proposal to the Players Association, the Players Union, and will attempt to get a deal done. Now, here's the thing. This is the first deal that's been offered since the day the lockout started, and they have barely been in contact for the last two months. So, we could talk about all the ins and outs of, uh, well, we don't exactly know what has been offered until it's offered yet, so I really can't even do that, but we could talk about the potential of the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the what's the word? How did I just forget the word? What the um, lockout, that's the word, goodness, uh, could end. However, I think, I tweeted this out, I think the odds of us getting an expansion team put on Mars is actually higher than the odds of this lockout ending on Thursday, January 13th. Could be a step in the right direction. I I I, I kind of doubt that too. To be completely honest with you, they're pretty they're pretty damn far apart, and uh, and what they want. If you want a whole rundown of everything they disagree on, you can go back to uh, I believe there was a December episode. I think it was December. It was definitely December. There's a December episode in there where I break down every single uh, point of conflict for the two sides and break down what each side wants within that and everything. Uh, it's actually one of my favorite episodes of, of mine. I, I think it's a, it's a cool kind of a cheat sheet type thing to be able to look back and, and, uh, and see what is being negotiated and all that. But I, I just have such little confidence in the lockout ending that that's not what we're going to talk about whatsoever. I, I'm, I'm almost certain, I, I am pretty much certain, that the lockout is not going to end on, on Thursday uh, at the day that you're listening to this, if you listen to these as they come out, and that this will roll on. And it might be a step, and it might actually be something where some people can say, hey, we're actually kind of close. Let's start having a, like a conversation and a negotiation about it. Then we will bring it back up, and we will talk about it, and we will have a great time doing it. But until that happens, I there like I I just don't see a point in, in breaking it down again and again and again when the two sides aren't even talking. Like like tomorrow today, as you're listening to this, will will quite literally be the first time that any offer or any meeting period 
has happened in in an incredibly long period of time. So we are just going to go on business as usual for the the status uh, of the lockout. And we're just going to take some time and reminisce. That's all today is. We're just going to reminisce about some of the greatest moments in the history of this beautiful franchise. And that's that's literally it. We're not ranking them because I, I think, honestly, that's impossible. Um, I was going to start off, I, I had an idea, and I was like, hey, I should do a... Because the everybody loves the the top five list. It's It's been a an incredible way for, for me, A, to actually be able to plan and know what I'm going to talk about on a day-to-day basis in the middle of a lockout where there's no active content happening within the league that I cover. Uh, so it's been it's been great for me, but it's been incredible for listenership. Uh, I mean, I, a lot of you guys are reaching out and such, and which is awesome. Uh, so I I was originally going to do a, a top five home runs in Tigers history, and I got the top two was really easy, and then like there's another one that's definitely top five that I don't know where it goes. And then after that, it gets a little murky and not in the sense of we have like, there's no more to talk about, but in the sense of then it, it seems like there's a lot to choose from, right? Like there's two really obvious ones that are one and two and where you rank them. Honestly, if, if we're going to have good self-reflective qualities, like my therapist tells me, we, we can probably admit to ourselves that a, a lot of that is honestly more era and like when you were born than it is um than it is actual quality of the home run because they're pretty neck and neck and those two are are obviously obviously I know everybody loves when I say that word um the Maglio Donez home run in 2006 and the Kirk Gibson home run in 84 and those two are are undubitably without a doubt in in what should be anybody's mind the two greatest and and by far most significant home runs in the history of the Detroit Tigers. Maglio's uh, actually his second of the day hit two home runs and was in the bottom of the ninth. Craig Monroe and Placido Polanco on base. Um, Houston Street, a young Houston Street on the mound for the Oakland Athletics. Tigers were up 3-0. In the ALCS, Maglio takes it deep to left field, and the Tigers march to the World Series. And that is, that is, I mean, I bawled. I bawled my eyes out. I was eight years old. And I, I, I remember exactly everything about that entire evening. I remember watching the game. I remember it, it got late. And it was in the middle of the school year, because October... Um, so I, I was supposed to be in bed, uh, so that to not ruin my sleep schedule, but that simply wasn't happening for me at any age, even eight. Uh, so I, instead of like, you know, sneaking around the house after my parents went to bed, my mom and dad pretty much just went, you know what, let's just avoid the whole sneaky around thing and let's just all watch it together. And we watched it in my, we had a little TV, like a, like a 12 inch TV or 15 inch TV in, uh, in my parents' bedroom. 
And we were all sitting on the bed and watched it and all jumped around and, and cried our eyes out after. And it is it is one of my, not my earliest, but one of my earlier Tigers memories. Um, and certainly in my lifetime, probably the most, like the, the I don't want to say the happiest Tigers moment of my life. That feels weird, but... Uh, definitely the, the moment that inflicted the most emotional response out of me of, of any Tigers moment ever. And part of that has to do with being eight years old. And part of that has to do with the last three, four, really my entire life up to that point, the Tigers had been horrid. Um, and then going to the world series and the walk off and everything about it. So just a fantastic one. And then you have Kirk Gibson. He don't want to walk you, right? Sparky looks at him. They call mound visit, and uh, Sparky tells Kirk Gibson he don't want to walk you. And next thing you know, he's putting one into uh, the upper deck, if I remember correctly, in uh, in Old Tiger Stadium in the right field, running around the bases like a madman, like Kirk Gibson was, fists in the air and everything. That iconic picture of uh, of him with his two fists in the air after he had. He had used so much force in a high five at home plate that his helmet fell off. I mean, just uh, just an absolute madman, and you and you cannot love him. Um, the uh, I I mean that that was to clinch really clinch a World Series too, and and that's why in if I was ranking the top five home runs, that one would probably have to be number one just because it 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 sealed a ring. Maglio got us to to uh to the World Series. Kirk won us the World Series, and that's a it's a pretty big difference between those two. For as much as both of those moments um, mean to everybody, and uh, and me, and and the, honestly, one of the biggest things with the Kirk Gibson home run was just that whole season was just domination. Right, wire to wire, thirty-five and five. Just no, but they were they were a steamroller, and they were getting help from from anybody that people that that weren't the best players on the team, bench players, you know, a, a closer won MVP that season. Like, what are we talking about? You know what I mean? Like anybody, everybody just had a an unbelievable year, and then in the World Series. You're facing the Padres, and off of Goose Gossage, he then goes, and and the hometown kid went to MSU, born and raised in in in, uh, in Pontiac. Kurt Gibson, just so poetic, so poetic. So so those are, were the two. Like okay, if I'm doing a top five home runs in Tigers history, those are undoubtedly one and two. And I'd probably have Kirk's at one, Maglio's at two. And there's another one that, again, I, I don't really know where it falls into the top five, but it's definitely in there. And we'll get to that after I tell you all about Built Bar. It's the new year. That means New Year's resolutions. If yours is getting fitter, eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. might even be better than a candy bar. Bill Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it unlike other protein bars which can be chalky, waxy, or even taste like chemical spill. You'll want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. 
You know, sometimes by like week three, you're like, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. So you won't have that issue. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. A little trick you can do. Go to all your secret treat stashes, you know, the one in the car or the one in the pantry, what, wherever, the office. Go and take all of those out and replace those stashes with built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least get something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. There's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors as well. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. You can go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, everybody. We are back here for segment two. Of Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Free and available on all platforms. Talking about some of the greatest moments in Detroit Tigers history. And we're, we're talking about home runs. And and there's we got the big two out of the way. The, the very obvious big two are out of the way. And that's, like I said, uh, undubitably one and two in my eyes. Then you start, then there's a lot. Right, there's a lot of, of really, really good moments and really, really good home runs. Um, there's Miguel Cabrera's home run to clinch the Triple Crown, uh, put it out of reach, get 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 the, uh, what was it, 44th, 43rd, 44th home run um, and uh, against Kansas City, awesome one. Now, it, it that one didn't hold as much because, I mean, it's, it's still in the running. I'm not trying to say it's irrelevant, but... Uh, you know, if, if like every other team had played and he was like, oh, he just needs one home run, he's tied and he needs one. If he hits this, it's it's over, whatever. That would, um, and you know, it was on the road. Like there, there are factors into everything. And I'm just trying to explain why I think there's a pretty clear cutoff after those one and two. But that's obviously, obviously still a, um, still a great one. Uh, then you have Trammell in 84 as well. Had a two home run day in uh, in the World Series, and that's a, that's a really big one too. It was Game Four, I believe, and I'm I'm also relatively sure that all of the the runs that were scored via his two homers um, were the only runs scored that day. I'm pretty sure that was the entire offense, and that got us a Game Four victory in the World Series. So maybe while neither of them specifically on their own are, I mean that performance as a whole absolutely deserves some recognition and deserves a place on the list. The main home run that that I knew would be somewhere in the top five but couldn't quite pin down where it would land was the J.D. Martinez one. Because that, that one, hey, that, that's some of the loudest Comerica Park's ever been. And it was, man, like it, it was a regular season game. Like, it was just a regular season homestand against the White Sox, who, like, weren't even good. 
Like Chris Sale was on the mound for the home run, but I I, I mean, like the, the the team wasn't good. The White Sox blew. That was like when they were like every year they were either like just around five hundred or or just flat out terrible. Like that their peak was like five hundred team. I I mean that was a that was a bad team against a, a a very good Tigers roster still, and JD Martinez comes in to pinch hit. He had not played in weeks, had been on the uh, the IL, and comes back off pinch hits in the eighth inning and uh, sends one to literally the deepest part of the ballpark and Mario and Rod. On the call, Mario says, man, could you imagine if he hit one out here? And Rod Allen gave the signature, huh? And the next thing you knew, baby. In the air to dead center. A little left field, I guess. That one will, will forever be one of the most insane home They cut to the dugout. Justin Upton's got his hands up and the camera's shaking because the stadium's so loud. I mean that 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 one will will forever be one of the most even if it wasn't as influential or as impactful as far as strictly baseball goes as a, as a home run in the ALCS or the World Series um without a doubt that will 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 forever be one of the most iconic home runs in the history of the Detroit Tigers. So th- those were a lot of the home runs there there's plenty of others. There, there's there's a lot. I mean, the Brandon Inch home run. It, I mean, there was a couple of Brandon Inch home runs. He was the man. Um, just using this platform as an excuse to stand Brandon Inch. Love that man. Um, the I mean, there was the Pudge Rodriguez one against Cleveland. Um, that again, that was that was a regular season one, but still like a, a pretty iconic one. Um, just walk-offs in general. There's some great walk-offs in Tigers history. Um, the the Jose Iglesias one is one of my favorites because it was like a swinging bunt, and he just hustled his ass down the line and, and beat it. And 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 that wasn't even a, a a very good Tigers team as far as like what their final record would end up being and such. But it's against the Astros, against a, a a good team, and and was a was a fun moment. Um, there. Like pitching performances, then is like I guess the next natural progression, right? And in, in the history of of great moments, we've talked about some some home runs and the, honestly the walk offs. There's so many. There, there's two. There's so many. I mean, like Cecil has has his walk off. Um, Miggy has a, a plethora of walk offs. Um, so we could really go on and on. There, there's a, there's a ton of walk-offs. There's there's plenty of home runs that I I didn't mention too as well. There there's a lot of great Al K line home runs. Um, Willie Horton. I mean Gates Brown has a rooftop. Like there there's there's so many. Um, and I I think going on to pitching performances is is interesting because there's a couple like really really iconic pitching performances. And we will get into pitching performances after I tell y'all about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue to march into the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for 
all your best sports wagering action in the 2022 season. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 Almost said 2021. Almost got me. The 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody. We are back here for our third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. We are talking about some of the greatest moments in Tigers history. Um, we have been blessed with quite a lot. And there are some pitching performances that I wanted to go over too. We've kind of covered offensive ones. Um, as far as pitching goes, uh, like the the no-hitters, we, we can get those out of the way, right? Justin Verlander 1, Justin Verlander 2, Jack Morris. We, we can get the no-nos out of the way. And I, I remember everything about the entire days of the two Verlander ones. Um, everything, every single detail about both of those days. And then one of my favorite stories uh, about the Jack Morris one is from my dad, actually. My dad was a senior in college, I want to say, uh, when Jack Morris threw his. And him and all the people on his floor, you know, were, were all big baseball fans. And the Tigers were the talk of the town at the time. And uh, there was a lot of tease there, talk of the town at the time. Um, <laughs> and they, they, were gonna, they were getting a plan together to go study. And they were sitting there and, and they had watched the first like three innings of the game. And somebody was like, hey, like, you know, let, let's go study. We'll, we'll read about the game tomorrow in the newspaper or whatever. And, and somebody else on the floor, his roommate said, no, like, you know, Morris hasn't given up a hit, man. Like it's only, it had only been three innings, but he's like, Hey, Morris hasn't given up a hit yet. Um, we, uh, we'll, we'll go study once he gives up a hit. And everybody was like, all right, that's fair. And they did not study that night. Um, which is fair. I, I, I Technically, they followed the rules, right? I mean, the, the rules that they set for themselves was we're not going to study until Jack Morris gives up a hit. Jack Morris didn't give up a hit until his next start. So really, I, I mean, they should have taken like a five-day break from studying. But that, that, that's, one of my, that's one of my favorite stories from that that my, my dad always tells. Um, just uh, an awesome – they were all huddled around the, the TV in the, in the community room in the dorms and – just a, a, a really, really cool moment. That clip of, of him getting it is awesome. Everything about, I mean, no hitters are no hitters, right? And, and like Spencer Turnbull now can be added to that list. Uh, Spencer Turnbull's no hitter was wild for me. Um, uh, that, that happened. That was Chris Castellani, former host here at Locked On Tigers, uh, got picked up by his, uh, his new employer. After making his reaction video to the Spencer Turnbull no-hitter, uh, which then left this job vacant, and Lockdown reached out to me and uh, said that they wanted me to take over. 
So I am pretty much here. You are listening to me uh, because of a Spencer Turnbull no-hitter. So that 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 one will always hold a uh, special place in my heart because of that, but also because I had been like barking the praises of Spencer Turnbull. For those who followed me before I took over as host here, y'all remember, man, I, I had the the top 20 Turnbull campaign where I was trying to, to say, you know, just give him a full season of work. He will be a top 20 pitcher in baseball production-wise. And he had had a, a pretty solid start to the year. He started off on COVID and whatever and then came off and was pitching really well and then threw the no-hitter and then continued to pitch pretty well. And then obviously Tommy John and that all went down the drain. But um, it was just cool to, to see somebody that I have had my eye on since he was in the low levels of the minors, man. I mean, someone that I've believed in since since he was in like single A, double A, to to follow them all the way through and, and kind of hang your hat on on like your guy is is a really cool thing. So that one's special to me for a lot of reasons. Um, and then we we can't get through it. I'm sorry, we can't get through this without talking about Armando Galarraga. Actually, if you guys could see behind me, that might change soon. We might be uh. We might be headed to YouTube relatively soon, by the way. Um, but if you guys could see behind me, I have a, a uh, hanging on my wall. I have an Armando Galarraga picture in a frame, and it's titled "Almost Perfect." Um, impossible, you know. It's it's huh, it's the best of times and it's the worst of times, right? Like it it really is one of the most iconic moments in the history of the franchise. And it's one of the best pitching performances in the history of the franchise. And it should be a perfect game. It was a perfect game. He got the next guy out too. It was a 28-out perfect game. It, it was. He got 27 outs. 28 outs. So he threw a, a perfect game. The imperfect game, as they call it. And that one will live on forever. For very obvious reasons. And it should. And whether you like it or not, and I don't like it, but it's still true. Whether you like it or not, Armando Galarraga is more famous for throwing the imperfect game and is a bigger icon in baseball for throwing the imperfect game than he would have been if they had just been, I say just been, if it had been a, a normal perfect game. He would be on all the record books, obvious, like for sure. He'd be in all the record books. He'd be in all the things, you know, only 20 whatever pitchers in baseball history had thrown a perfect game. And Armando Galarraga's name would be one of them. Absolutely. And that would be awesome. And he deserves that. He does. But that doesn't take away from the fact that him not getting that is more famous than maybe any perfect game that has actually been thrown. So, <laughs> the book, by the, by the way, if, if you have the ability to read, uh, Armando Galarraga and Jim Joyce wrote a book. So, if you can find out how to get your hands on that book and have the ability to read it, it is fantastic. I just realized I said if you have the ability to read. I'm not trying to slander my, my listeners here. I, I believe all that you can read. Um, but if, if you can find a way to get your hands on that book, it is exceptional. They do this cool, like every other, uh, 
it's written by both of them and every other chapter is written by the other person. So like Joyce does a chapter, Galarraga does a chapter, etc. And it, and it starts right after he had called him safe. That's when it starts. It starts right after he calls him safe and just what's going through both of their heads. Uh, and then it's everything leading up to the next days, weeks afterwards. Um, and it's an absolutely fascinating read about perspective really really makes you put your life into perspective it is a it is a very very good read and is pretty well written um i'm sure it was heavily edited but that doesn't change the fact that that uh that an umpire and a pitcher wrote a damn good book so check that out if you can but so those are those are the the most iconic ones but there's also some just dominant like non no hitter and non perfect game ones kenny rogers in 2006 uh goes eight innings Against the Cardinals, only gives up two hits. Either went seven or eight. Um, uh, really, really great showing. Then you have uh, Game Seven of the 1968 World Series. Tigers were down three-one in the series. Bob Gibson pitched three games and pitched in Game Seven, and the Tigers beat him in Game Seven. And Mickey Lolich throws an absolute gem of a game. Uh, only gives up one run to the Cardinals, and it would be in the ninth inning. Uh, fantastic. Uh, complete game, five hit, one run, three walk, four Ks. Uh, and he would go 3-0 and in a seven-game series. And I talked about that in the, in the pitcher's one, but that is not talked about nearly enough. Bob Gibson's team lost the World Series, and his three starts in one World Series performance gets talked about more than Mickey Lolich, who went 3-0, and and in Game 7, literally beat Bob Gibson in a head-to-head matchup. So that one is is another big one uh, for me. And and there's like there's we could we could have like eight shows about this. There's so many more. I mean, there's there's plenty from uh, the 35 and 45 teams as well, and just that whole era, the Greenberg. Uh, era that that in that that team stayed together for for quite a long time um, in during that period of time and and they had so many great moments and while they weren't televised they're sure as hell written about there was an intentional wild pitch like there's a there's a lot of really great moments in this franchise and uh, we can we can talk about we got plenty of time this lockout I don't think is ending any anytime soon. So we got plenty of time to to go over and talk about all the greatest moments. But I just I, I just thought it would be a cool thing to go over. Just talk about some of the the coolest and best moments in organization history and franchise history because there have been so many, and this is such a great franchise with such a storied history, and it deserves to be talked about, even if the owners and players don't wanna. You know what I'm saying? Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Free and available on all platforms. Thank you all for rocking with me. Uh, Yeah, see you all tomorrow. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope, baby. Go Tigers.